Hello everybody, this is Unanimous Indecision, I'm Joshua Troop, uh, I'm all by myself today, but uh, in the spirit of the Watchmen TV series trailer dropped earlier this week, uh, I decided to re-watch the Watchmen, watch the Watchmen, um, it's probably my fourth time watching it, um, I've watched it with different people every time, just about. Uh, I really enjoy the movie. I realized that, uh, just this last time, I realized that the only version of the film that I've seen is the director's cut, which I'm told is the most, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, accepted form of the interpretation of the comic book storyline. Uh, it was a pretty controversial film uh, because uh, it dealt with some of the comic book storyline a little loosely, uh, didn't give you everything, uh, slightly modified the story. Um, but yeah, I apparently have not seen the theatrical version or the uh, uh, the ultimate cut, which has uh, the Black Freight storyline, I think that's what it's called, um, is added in that one. Uh, yeah, so three different cuts of the movie. Uh, it's Zack Snyder, uh, kind of, probably the film that got him roped into the DC universe, making later Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and being such an influential member there. Um, but I, I don't, I've never read this comic book storyline. I've, there's certain Marvel storylines I've read, uh, but DC, uh, not a ton, and especially not this one, uh, but I, it's a dark take, uh, it's not rated R for nothing, um, but it's, it's a world without hope, it's a world where we win Vietnam when that's a bad thing, um, which the direction they take with it is very interesting, this, uh, dystopian where your team of superheroes are all very flawed people I mean uh, where you, S Superman's not not flawed really uh, <laughs> Captain America's barely flawed just like his friend so this take on superheroes is very interesting um, and it's also after they're all like essentially the superhero registration act happens but like they're not allowed to be superheroes and it's just uh i mean uh jeffrey dean morgan's portrayal of the comedian uh is so good and like it it opens spoiler alert with his death but uh, it, it influences the entire film, the comedian, and just the symbolism in the film about, oh, the humor in this world has kind of died, um, even though there are some jokes in there. But uh, uh, you, you begin to start laughing at some really like bad things like Rorschach throwing oil on someone like, oh, I don't know if that's should be laughed at, but... Um, uh, and then there's also the dealing with a radioactive superhero causing people cancer. Maybe that's true. Uh, but it, it's just a very interesting story. Uh, I enjoy the twist every time I watch it, even though it's kind of set up. But uh, the, the film has like a couple distinct uh, phases through the film. 
Um, because I'm pretty sure, like, the clue that it starts out with, like, there's a mass killer, a guy who wants to kill all the superheroes, and then that slowly leads them into, like, interpersonal relationships, and they all kind of get back into each other's lives a little bit. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm still a little sick. Um, but, uh, and then eventually they get the one clue that wraps it all in a tight little bow and they can go deal with who the actual non-traditional villain is. A very interesting uh, villain for this movie, for this story, because ultimately the villain wants world peace, and uh, that that should be a good thing. Um, Gosh, I really don't want to spoil this movie for anyone because, uh, like, like Endgame, I was I was so ready to spoil such a good movie. But uh, this movie is like so meaningful. Uh, there's so much uh, weird symbols and allegories um, about just like good versus evil and what is good, what is evil, and where's the line drawn and what's okay and Sometimes the wounds heal over time. Um, But going more into the spoilers, because that's what I'm going to do here. Um, Granted, I don't think it's a flawless film. I I happen to like it, but uh, uh, there are points where I'm like, you know, uh, especially in the middle when they're really delving into the interpersonal relationships of uh, Silk Spectre 2, Night Owl 2, and... Uh, Dr. Manhattan a little bit. It's like, uh, where's this film going a little bit? It's all like, it's all world building in a way. Um, but it does all get paid off, which is nice. It's just a lot of stuff. And at the same time, the film does suffer from, uh, certain things that I'm sure the comic book storyline might suffer from. I don't know. Um, because I'm pretty sure this is where these heroes were introduced in the comic books. And so it it suffers from that traditional thing that you have to give them all an origin story, kind of. We have no idea who they are. They're very uh, not-known heroes. Um, and it's a world where ex-cops are superheroes, uh, which is fine, and that's cool. Um, but now we're actually in the second generation of that, that maybe these guys weren't even ex-cops, and, (coughs) um, but then eventually Dr. Manhattan shows up, and he's got all these quantum powers, uh, that, uh, kind of have some inconsistencies, I think it's funny that he says, like, oh, don't, I wish you could perceive time the way I do. And, uh, I, I, he kind of has this above time that he is above it and outside of it in a way, uh, kind of a stature. But then at the same time, he can only see his own past and his own future, which even he admits his future is partially in flux. Uh, but at the same time, he does accept some sort of predestination, uh, of his future that he can see because uh, he just has that conversation and it's weird it's it's weird to see and even she says it's weird but I gotta wonder like does he know he's gonna be convinced does he 
think it's absolutely necessary for him to go through the steps he already knows. He he could already learn the lesson without going through the steps. Um, so that's, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, it's just very interesting, but you get sort of an origin story for everyone and you end up kind of, you probably begin to relate to two, maybe three characters, um, which is Rorschach, Night Owl 2, and Slick Spectre 2, maybe. Um, because they're the most, like, grounded human. But then, throughout it all, you're like, oh, Night Owl 2 is just a coward. Silk Spectre 2 has so much baggage but it, from her past um, that she doesn't even know about. Um, which, when she learns, is such a great tragedy. But, uh, and it all goes back to a sin in the past doesn't need to be forgiven, but at the same time what else happened and they look more into it and it's just like very dramatized it's probably the most dramatized superhero film out there i mean i i can't think of another one that paralyzes parallelizes it um it's such a long film uh i at least the director's cut it's three hours just like endgame which i guess endgame it, endgame's probably the second most dramatic uh, uh, superhero film, uh, but this one's so dramatized. Um, this dystopian of a Gotham-like city, New York or whatever it is, um, where it's just very dark and it's it's almost sad. Like when they win in Vietnam, the comedian kills this woman he knocked up, and it was like, oh, okay, so. Yeah, we won Vietnam, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, and he even goes on to say, like, uh, the American dream came true and uh, all these things. And the comedian ends up, uh, like, figuring it all out. And that's why he had to die at the beginning of the movie. But uh, it's just very interesting and how it this these other guys these villains uh you have like Moloch who's a big character in it who's got cancer now and it's like he's no longer a villain um and then they're like talking about past villains and there's like this one guy who uh is I don't know what you call him but uh he he was like <laughs> he goes up to Night Owl to at least it's a story in the past uh, and he's like, punish me, punish me, because he he's uh, self-hating, and he, uh, it's just like, it's such a twisted world that the villains aren't even super clever, except for the villain of this film, which is why it becomes so dramatized. Um, and then Rorschach in prison, that gets a little goofy. Um, I forget who that actor is, but... Uh, see if I can find it but the when Rorschach's in prison that whole storyline when he's talking to the uh psychiatrist like that's a a good good strong character moment uh but I cannot find it right now but um there's some minor antagonists uh in the prison that are just almost humorous 
they are humorous. I'm kidding. But uh, but yeah, they all uh, they all have their problems and their their baggage. I mean, Night Owl too seems like he might be the most uh, acclimated to the world that they've come in, and he's living a life of just fear of himself. Um, and it's so sad until he overcomes it and you're so happy for him. Um, but like everyone has such a sad life in this movie and most of them die. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, the way it all gets revealed and how it gets revealed is very cool. Um, a lot of the fights are very stylized. They do like slow motion moments, which I'm into it. Uh, it's a little weird, but I'm into it. Um, I think Nixon is a little goofy, but, uh, he looks good. Um, and I mean, I guess I wasn't alive for him, so maybe that's pretty accurate. Uh, seems to be relatively accurate compared to, uh, other movie adaptations of Nixon. But uh, in terms of voice, uh, obviously he's making choices in this movie that couldn't have happened in our world because he like runs for a third term or something. Um, and so it's just it's a it's a dark twist on superheroes within a superhero universe. Um, so. Uh, Pretty much, I I believe none of them have powers, with the exception of Doctor Manhattan, who has these. He he is beyond. It, they have a line in the movie uh, that the Superman is real and he is American, but then later there's another character from a videotape who uh, recants that statement and says, uh, "God is real and he is American," referring to Doctor Manhattan, because like. Dr. Manhattan, like, people talk about Superman, and I, in my previous podcast, have talked about the Superman problem, about this is a character without flaws. Like, you had to create kryptonite so that he could be stopped. Dr. Manhattan is so much more powerful than Superman. He can change his density to be as strong the man of steel or he can change it so that objects pass through him he can transmutate uh matter he can do have the powers of a technopath he's also a physicist from his original background um so he's super bright and he knows exactly how to use his quantum powers uh to their maximum potential but Ultimately, he has the flaw of, because he is so powerful, he's losing touch with his humanity, uh, which is interesting to watch because uh, they eventually say that uh, he's not. He's not losing touch with his humanity, but uh, it's just like he thinks he is, and it's such a sad uh, devolvement. Uh, is that the right word? But a uh, devolvement of a character of a of a human being that's they're essentially convincing themselves that they're losing touch with their humanity and it's it's so sad. Um, but you get moments that are buddy cop with uh, 
Night Owl 2 and Rorschach. You also get that passing of the torch kind of esque moment between uh, Night Owl 1 and Night Owl 2. Um, a little bit of Silk Spectre. <coughs> um, because that torch was also passed. Um, it's just very interesting. Uh, I heard there's a character that dies in the director's cut that doesn't die in the uh, theatrical version, which I thought was weird. But I don't know. I think it adds just a little bit more oomph to the film. It adds a little bit more anger and uh, gets them all to where they eventually need to be better. Um, so that they can blame their villain for what he has done. Um, but it's a, it's very much a mystery movie. They're finding clues to the mass killer and then to eventually to the overarching villain. But, uh, <laughs> my, my friend who I was watching recently with, uh, he said, <laughs> Uh, it's a bad password if it's within like X amount of feet from <laughs> from the computer, and the password's right on the desk uh, <laughs> for his computer, and it's it's pretty funny, but uh, but at the same time, it shows you this character's uh, way of thinking uh, and what's going on in his head, uh, where his head's at, uh, as the it's very much like Thanos, the savior of mankind, uh, maybe. I, I think that's where superhero movies uh, really thrive. I mean, everyone loves a good villain. Um, a good villain like, let's say, Loki or or maybe Darth Vader, someone who's just so imposing uh, on a story that they influence most things that happen in it. Um, and every, a lot of people are just reacting to him. Um Whereas I think we've had some good superhero villains. Uh, the one in this one I enjoy uh, because it's so non-traditional. But then also Thanos, um, where they are heroes of their own story. Uh, they are doing, they are saving the universe in their mind. Um, they have kind of a similar agenda to a certain point. Uh, I definitely see the analogy between Thanos and the villain of Watchmen. Um, definitely. Uh, I'm curious what the TV show is going to do. Um, the TV show. It looks like it's kind of going to be a sequel. And because the villain wins. In Watchmen. Uh, world peace is achieved. And. Uh, they so in a world where world peace is achieved what are the stories to tell uh and so it's very interesting the trailer looks a little weird um i don't know if i'm actually going to enjoy it it looks like there's like a rorschach uh cult which is probably appropriate given that uh rorschach has like a journal and his journal gets passed around so I guess if you're the few people that learn his story of this ultimate conspiracy theory, um, there's kind of a lot of Batman in it. I'm trying to think what year Batman came out. Um, let me look that up. Batman. I guess Dark Knight Rises would probably be the last one. But 
Uh. <coughs> okay, so Dark Knight Rises came out after this. Did Dark Knight even come out after this? No, okay. So this was after the Dark Knight uh, in 2009. Dark Knight came out in 2008. Um, there's a little bit of Batman in this, um, but I think that's probably the way the comic book storyline is also um, because it's a DC alternate universe, so there are going to be certain uh, character archetypes that kind of fall into uh, the normal DC universe we know with uh, Superman and Batman and whatnot, as well as certain villains. But uh, it's, golly, uh, I think the acting in it overall, pretty good. Uh, <coughs> uh, every time I watch this movie, Rorschach is my favorite character because of how he is... Uh, I hate to say the word justified, but uh, his story is so understandable that he has seen the darkest corners of this world, and he's, in a way, chosen to become a part of it in order to destroy it. Um, and his mask is so cool. But uh, uh, the comedian, uh, they say... They they probably describe the comedian uh, in such a way that it probably cannot be described in any other way. Uh, that he uh, he also saw uh, because the comedian actually learns of the conspiracy. <coughs> the conspiracy. Um, he learns, uh, he saw the darkest sides of humanity and he chose to be a parody of it. So he also, like Rorschach, uh, delves into his dark behaviors. But where Rorschach s murders murderers, he murders murderers. <laughs> Gotta make sure I'm getting enough R's there. But, uh, where the comedian, uh, murders common crooks because it's funny uh and it's all just one big joke um the writing overall for this movie pretty strong uh like i said i'm a big fan of this movie um i know it was a bit controversial upon release i hope as people look back on it they s start to really enjoy it because i enjoy it um <laughs> there is a funny moment uh just like some nitpicky laps and logics uh there's like this one i want to say it's a flashback a lot of flashbacks in this movie um to everyone's origin stories a little bit uh but they throw uh this one guy's like spray painting and he's spray painting who watches the watchers uh i think it's pretty early in the movie it might be how the film opens actually no not opens but uh pretty early on uh, it says, who watches the Watchers? And he's spray painting it on, like, a radio shack. I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, he spray paints that. And then this guy throws a Molotov cocktail uh, at the window that was just spray painted. And, of course, the Molotov cocktail explodes, shatters glass, everything. Uh, potentially kills the people nearby. But uh, it's funny because it's like, wow, that, that spray painter... Uh, he just put in his hard work to write that out, or he also just wrote that out and then died. Um, so 
just just such a a sad portrayal of humanity and even our heroes are so sad so tragic um i mean let's see what else um i mean dr manhattan uh that's the thing that i always think is kind of strange watching the movie is dr manhattan while he's thinking that uh he's losing touch from humanity he's in love with a human or at least claims to be um but it's like how could he truly love someone that's so beneath him uh because he is such so intelligent but beyond that uh metaphysical um uh i always get confused with adrian veidt uh ozymandias uh there's this girl in it and i don't know if she's his secretary or his girlfriend because i always think she's his secretary but there's like one line that says it's his girlfriend and i was like what I what okay um so there's definitely some undeveloped moments um I'm trying to think what else but uh it's one of the few films that Patrick Wilson plays a hero in uh he plays Night Owl too uh as opposed to the commuter spoiler alert villain um and i'm trying to think what other movie uh he's also spoiler alert he's always like the big twist villain um which i'll clear that up for you he is not the big twist villain of this movie uh and you'll probably catch on to that pretty quick because he's very cowardice um which is pretty sad for our superheroes (coughs) um but overall, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, it's definitely got its humorous uh, bad moments. But at the same time, uh, it's very stylized. Uh, and it's such a political, not satire, but screenplay. I mean, it's very... I think relevant even to today, even though it takes place, uh, in the middle of like the cold war and Vietnam and whatnot. Uh, so there's a lot of just tension and everyone says the world was pretty dark during those times. And this movie definitely captures that feeling. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's the Watchmen TV show. I want to get excited for it, but at the same time, I feel like the Watchmen movies, pretty okay without it um although i always tell ian this uh the guy who's been on my other podcast i always tell him because uh, he says like for example like solo he says it's not necessary and my comeback to him is nothing is necessary which is true um so it's because nothing is necessary these are just the ideas that are put out i hope i like the watchman tv show i hope i find time to watch it um gosh jeffrey dean morgan's comedian so good it's all just one big joke um i'm trying to i do think it's funny that i have no idea what came first but like the comedian wears like a button it's a smiley face a black smiley face on a yellow button and it 
it's the Walmart logo. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Um, and I'm pretty sure Walmart has like a copyright on that. So, uh, or trademark or something. Uh, so I, I'm curious if like, did Watchmen come up with it first? That would be interesting. Um, it just as like a, a character piece, but, uh, is, gosh, there's some real dark moments in this movie though. It's, uh, I don't know if I can convey enough of that there's, uh, murder, betrayal, uh, unfortunately, even the darkest of sides with like rape and whatnot, um, but it delves into, it's, it's a movie that delves into both sides of, uh, the rape, and I think it even symbolizes more of it the villain's overarching thing. It's a full rape of humanity, um, which sounds weird, but it's, uh, they even say it, it's, he's mutilated humanity by betraying it, um, by saving it in a way. Um, and it goes to the idea that are superheroes truly necessary? I mean, uh, they kind of make it sound like if none of these superheroes were here, the world would be better off. Maybe not much better off, but better off. Uh, and just, gosh, I want to go watch this movie again because I really enjoy the the dramatic moments. Uh, it's a little slow. Uh, not a ton of action and when there is some action it feels a little over the top it feels a little weird <coughs> there's like this whole uh alley fight scene that's kind of strange because you were just like oh they're just walking down the street oh people are following them uh it, it reminds me a lot of sam raimi's spider-man uh when uh mary jane uh walks down that alley and uh, those guys like come out of the corners and they're like, Oh, come on, uh, give us a kiss or whatever it is. And then Spider-Man shows up. But in this it's night L two and silk specter two, and they're walking and just all of a sudden these people kind of gang up on them. And it was like, wow, that was out of nowhere. These people were not set up at all. Uh, they eventually influenced the film a little bit, um, but like they kind of just come out of nowhere. It's it's a little strange, um, but at the same time, I mean, in a world without superheroes, the villains reign, and so this gang is just picking on normal people who just happen to be superheroes. Uh, and so it is very interesting. Uh, it's so sad. So sad. Um, I don't know how the TV show will turn out, I, like I said, but uh, I encourage everyone to go watch this movie. This actually, uh, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I do not like uh, Zack Snyder's. <coughs> uh, out of his superhero movies, I think Man of Steel probably comes second to Watchmen. Um, 
let me double check exactly which ones he did before I go talking. Um, that's not him. Um, let's see. Yeah, he directed Man of Steel. Um, he also directed Justice League. I don't know if he was the full director of that. Uh, Batman v Superman also. Um, so yeah, definitely like uh, my second favorite superhero film of his is Man of Steel. And I don't like Man of Steel that much. Uh, I think it's overall pretty boring. Um, and then it has like a 25 minute fight scene at the end. Um, which the Watchmen does not have a 25-minute fight scene at the end. Um, but I think, uh, and the Watchmen definitely suffers from this, and this is where I first uh, picked up on it, is uh, there's a part of Wonder Woman, which he just produced. Um, now, Wonder Woman I really like, but there's a part of it towards the end... <coughs> that I was like, and there's Zack Snyder's input. Um, because the entire film, you're led to believe this one character is the villain. And then at the very end, it turns out to be someone else. Which, if you watch uh, Man of Steel, there kind of is no in villain for like the first half. Uh, Zod is just kind of out there. Um, but then Zod is the villain, but they never really fully come head to head until the last 25 minutes where it's a full fight scene. Um, and then Batman v Superman, uh, they're fighting each other until Lex Luthor and Doomsday come. Doomsday comes kind of out of nowhere. Um, Justice League, at least Steppenwolf is the villain the whole time. <coughs> um, but again they don't really stand a chance until the end because they finally resurrect Superman um, and so in I, I I attribute this to the Watchmen where they uh, take you down this path for two hours two and a half hours and then in the last 30 minutes or whatever it is Oh, by the way, here's the villain, and let's wrap this up. Uh, which is definitely weird. Now, the fact that Watchmen is a uh, runs itself much like a detective movie or mystery movie, uh, it works a little bit better in Watchmen uh, because, like, Man of Steel, not a detective movie, but it's pretty cohesive. Um, like I said, Zod's kind of always around, just not necessarily doing stuff. Um, but Batman v Superman, you're taking on a completely different plot line for half the film, which is kind of annoying to me um, because it changes. If you want to choose that Batman v Superman plot line, fine, but stick with it. Ride it out to the end. Uh, instead, it just completely shifts. Um, uh, Justice League was a little more cohesive. It has a lot going on. It's very world buildy, but uh, um, whereas Wonder Woman, it's it was just like just that one thing. Um, because like the entire film, it's fantastic, and then uh, at the very end, which I mean, if you like that twist, that twist is fine. Uh, that twist is kind of I guess similar to Iron Man three. 
Uh, you're led to believe the Mandarin, the Mandarin, the Mandarin. Oh, he's not the Mandarin. Um, uh, which is a twist. And I mean, sometimes that twist can work well. And sometimes it doesn't. Like in Watchmen, I think it works well. Uh, in Iron Man 3, I think it's okay. Um, I think it was just so different. <laughs> we we really weren't expecting it. Uh, quite the blind side. Um, in Wonder Woman, I didn't quite understand why it couldn't have been that other guy. Why they had to make it the Prime Minister. Um, Batman v Superman, Resurrecting Doomsday. May not have been such a bad thing if they didn't show it in the trailer beforehand. I, I seem to remember that. Uh, spoiling things in trailers seems to be more and more popular. Um, which I think is why a lot of people have really started taking to um, Marvel movies. I think Marvel movies spoil themselves the least. Um, except I think Captain Marvel was... They... They treaded that line a bit too close, and they spoiled probably quite a bit of it in their marketing, uh, which I thought was strange. But, uh, yeah, so in the spirit of the Watchmen trailer, watched Watchmen. I encourage you to watch the Watchmen if you want to watch the Watchmen show. That is the sequel of the Watchmen. Um, I'm really just trying to say watch like 300 times during this. But uh, mostly because Zack Snyder also directed 300, but uh, which I didn't know until now. But they, that was a good movie. Um, his films are just a lot of build-up. And sometimes good payoff, sometimes it's not so good. But uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I think that's all I have to say about The Watchmen. Um, I don't think this one was too long. Uh, I guess I'll see, but, uh, I hope you watch it. I hope you disagree with me. Um, I hope you still like it, but, uh, uh, very flawed film, but very much about humanity's flaws as a whole. Um, just very interesting take, uh, it's definitely rated R, but uh, if you get a chance to watch it, I do recommend it. Uh, it's not fun for the whole family. Um, it's just very interesting, the whole thing. Um, every moment you're like, oh, and that's why humanity's like that. Oh, and that's why humanity's like that. They won Vietnam. They... Uh, the police went on strike for a short amount of time. It's just like, oh, this is this is terrible. Uh, one thing after another. Um, and ultimately, the people don't trust their own superheroes, and maybe for good reason. But uh, yeah, is a uh, go ahead and check this one out. Uh, Per usual, I don't know what I'll do next time. This one was kind of spontaneous for me when I saw the Watchmen uh, TV series trailer dropped. Oh, gosh. Um, because I'd been looking at that. I saw the casting for it, and I was like, that's a little weird uh, that they cast it all, like, mostly cops, which 
in the Watchmen, like, okay, maybe the Minutemen were ex-cops, but uh, I didn't quite understand it. But then uh, as a sequel of this world at peace, uh, that's a very interesting take. Um, I mean, like, how many movies, how many TV shows do that? How, how many stories are like, yeah, let's... World peace has been achieved. They even say that uh, in The Watchmen, that world peace, like, they succeeded. But at the same time, they also hint at it's not going to last. But <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll see how it falls apart. Um, anyways, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and I'll catch you next time. Uh, this is Unanimous Indecision, and I'm Joshua Troop. Thank you for listening.